So you always want to be prepared to... To set goals. To be really disruptive. Diversity is fundamental. It is just trusting those super strengths. To recover from those failures and, and learn from them. Humility looks like the softest word, but it's kind of the hardest. We ourselves are in beta mode. Life goes on. Sporting Edge, inside the mind of champions. Welcome to the Inside the Mind of Champions podcast. My name is Jeremy Snape. I'm a former England cricketer with a master's degree in sports psychology. Since retiring, I've been fortunate to work with and interview some of the world's most successful thinkers and performers. And I'm passionate about translating their habits and routines into practical strategies to help you become more successful. In each episode, I'll be dissecting a common performance challenge to help you improve your mindset, your leadership and your team performance. To me, our mindset is the next frontier. So let's find out why. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Inside the Mind of Champions. It's great to be back after a sneaky month away. I had to take my own medicine and focus my time and energy into launching our new Sporting Edge Members Club, which I'm delighted to say is now live. I had some very interesting emails in the break, uh, ranging from two international sports coaches telling me how much they'd benefited personally from the podcast over the last nine months as they've been trying to navigate the pressure and self-doubt that's come from the turbulence in their own careers. And I also had a, an email from a lady from India who said, Dear Snape, hurry up. When's the next podcast coming? So uh, I'm back, partly because I love to help you and I really want to make sure that you get access to this content that uh, we've recorded in our library. And partly because Shruti from Bangalore has given me a bollocking for getting distracted with my own business. So I'm glad to be back in podcast mode. So I will just share a little bit about our Members Club project because it's been such a massive commitment for us as a business, especially trying to develop everything remotely with our tech team based in the US, all the legal, commercial, UX, content, project planning, everyone working independently from home. I've really missed the chance to sit around the table and point at things rather than having to share things on Zoom and Microsoft Teams. And I do think that while our individual productivity might go up when we're working from home in isolation and we can get our heads down and crack on with execution, sometimes it's our culture and communication and creativity that sometimes needs a boost. So hopefully we'll be able to cover that off in a new topic for the podcast as well. How do we keep that creativity and communication going with remote teams? I have to say that I'm very proud of what the Sporting Edge team have produced and I'd love you to come and see it. We've always had a brilliant digital library for our big corporate solutions, but the chance to add a personal resource for you to access our content whenever you need it is so exciting. I've had incredible emails already after just a couple of weeks of being live to say that people can't believe the breadth and depth of what's inside. I know what we've got planned as well and I know how much it'll help people like yourself that have had a challenging year of setbacks, uncertainty and loss. 
So the title of this episode is Mental Insights, and it's not a typo in the way it's written. I actually wanted to celebrate International Men's Day, which seems to have slid under the radar a little bit a little while ago on the 19th of November. And many of you blokes will be growing a dodgy slug on your top lip for Movember, so well done there. But men's mental health is hugely important because we're much less likely to talk about our fears and frustrations and far less likely to seek medical help than women. The result is that in 2017, there were 6,000 suicides in Great Britain, 75% of them being men. Recent statistics showed that a suicide rate of 17 deaths per 100,000 in men in England and Wales compared to just five per 100,000 for women. It's easy to get lost in stats and one suicide is one too many and I've seen the effect it can have on families firsthand. We've experienced two male suicides in our close family and that's why I feel passionate about sharing my work and the insights from our high performers because I know it's helped people listening to start talking and gradually to pull themselves back from the edge. More than ever this year, we need to keep talking, keep sharing and keep supporting each other. So if you're listening to this and you've had a brutal year and you feel like you need help, get in touch via hello at sportingedge.com. Now, I'm not a specialist in this area of mental health, but if I'm the easiest person for you to get into contact with and get back on track, then I'm here. Asking for help is the bravest thing you'll ever do. So make sure you contact someone. Now, many of you that follow my content will know that every speech, every webinar, every time I present, I try and create a really diverse set of insights for you to learn from. Even in this podcast, I try and create breadth from neuroscientists and the performing arts and music and business and academia and male and female, young and more mature insights from a varied perspective every time. But on this occasion, I'm not. I've purposefully selected five insights from men and I hope that you can celebrate International Men's Day again, even though you might have missed it 10 days ago. So let's get started. The first insight explores that fascinating psychological attribute of confidence. When we have it, we feel like Conan the Barbarian and when we've lost it, we feel like Mr Bean. But where does it come from? And more importantly, where does it go? This reflection from England football manager Gareth Southgate shows how confidence can change throughout our careers and our lives. Confidence isn't just with us. I think it comes and goes. Um, I think really there are probably two, two scenarios where you feel very confident. One is where you probably know nothing about what you're going into and you just go in and hit it. Uh, and the other is when you're so experienced that you've encountered everything that might go wrong and so you, 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 you can deal with uh, whatever's thrown at you. Um, and in between that, there's a disastrous <laughs> period where, where you've got all the doubts and questions um, of the recovering from a failure when your initial uh, confidence has gone um, before you get to the point where oh, okay I've been through this before and this is what I did um, so I think 
That's one of the beauties. I, I, I love seeing young people develop now um, because you see this path that they go through and it's lovely to see the innocence of, of them first getting into a team or first playing in a tennis championship and they just go out and play and, and you wish that you could have that moment again and, and, and that they could hold it forever. Um, but life is about dealing with the difficulties and the success, as I said, and the failure along the way uh, and reacting to it in the right way. I remember that youthful exuberance of going into some situations without an ounce of fear. And I also had situations as a cricketer where I was completely weighed down and riddled with fear and anxiety. As Gareth says, there's almost a spectrum to the left-hand side we know very little and go into it with gusto and then we mature and learn more. We realise how complex our skills and careers are. We build a reputation that needs protecting and we start to overthink and overcomplicate things and experience that very messy middle. And then as we mature further and gain more experience, we start to strip things back. We strip back some of the complexity. We keep things simple and realise the only thing we have to face is our own fear and insecurity. That's why I wish we train mindset in every school and every business. It's the one opponent for, we'll face for all of our lives and it's stuck inside our head. So we need to be able to overcome it. That's the message that's echoed by our next expert, a man who's terrorised batsmen around the world. It's the world's nicest fast bowler, Dale Stain. I had the privilege of working with Dale for a couple of years as he became number one in the world rankings. But as he now explains, even the world's elite performers need to fight their inner critic. You, you start off building a house one brick at a time. You know, you, you run a marathon one step at a time. I guess it's the next challenge that lies right in front of you that matters most. You know, you have to handle that next step. You have to handle that next brick with its challenges that it comes. And that is the only thing that you can worry about. And once you conquer that, you're allowed to move on to the next step, the next brick, the next delivery, whatever it is that you're doing. You kind of have to just deal with what is right in front of you right now. And the best way to do that is just to go back to what you believe in, what you've trained, what you've practiced over and over again, back that you know how to do it, back that you have put in the practice in the yards that you are going to execute that skill 100% and then you just got to go with it. Um, there's no other way to do it, I guess. You just have to back that you, you know how to do that thing and you have to go for it. Yeah, I guess your mind is never crystal clear, to be honest with you. You're only human at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, how do you deal with that? I guess if you, if you surround yourself with people that are performing at the highest level all the time, you tend to find that your performances will also go up. Uh, fortunate enough that I play in a, a team that's got some of the best players in the world and I'm able to see how they go about their business day to day and it does raise my game but when I go back into the hotel room and I'm by myself I have to deal with myself and my mind that's where I find myself alone and um, you you need to understand or, or find speak to someone that can help you just kind of clear those things out of your mind to to know that when you step back onto the field, when you step back into the office, you're able to perform at your, at your very best. I have found that people always reassure me about that I've done it a thousand times before. 
I've performed at the highest level um, so many times before and they're always reminding me of those times when I've performed at my very best and uh, never telling me about the ones when I'm when I perform badly <laughs> and I think that that keeps me going it keeps me going and it uh, it reminds me that I'm I'm able to to perform at this level I'm able to stand up at this at the top of my mark and run in and actually put in a, a good performance because I've done it before um, if you haven't done it before it's that's where the learning comes in luckily I've had 10 years of experience so I've got 10 years of experience to fall back on but in the beginning it's, it's also a great journey because you're almost not thinking as a youngster you're just thinking sea ball hit ball or bowl ball as fast as you can and over the years your mind starts to your mind becomes the biggest actual um, enemy or, or uh, Thing that you have to play against you know it's not so much the opposition anymore it's almost that that mental thing so you don't have to worry about the beginning too much it's it's nearing the end and in the middle but yeah um, just having good people around me being able to help me with simple things about how to think how to relax um, remind me of the good times and I've always been one of those players that likes to just go out there and face the battle that lies in front of me um, I'm a pretty confident guy and uh, like I said, I've done it many times before and uh, I use those experiences to try and push on and do it many times again. So I love that insight. That's where I find myself alone. This is somebody who's been at the pinnacle of their athleticism and career and it's like he's afraid of the dark. Well, the dark thoughts of not being good enough. This imposter syndrome is strangely common for high achievers. It's almost like we don't notice as we're climbing up the steps of our career, our minds are distracted and we're preoccupied. But then when we get to the top of the building and look down, we get a fright. We start thinking about falling. Maybe the secret is not to stop and it's to keep moving, focusing on the next step, the next step in front of you, the next ball, the next Zoom call, the next 24 hours. That's when we come out of our own heads and we regain control by doing something in the physical world. So write something, walk somewhere or do something to stop that staring and introspection and spiralling down. This is why it's so important to speak to somebody else and have a conversation because when we're on our own, we just follow that same path, that same story and that same narrative that always ends up in a dark corner. But when we're in conversation with somebody else, they ask us questions and that forces us to think about different people, different subjects, different ideas. And before you know it, you're pleasantly distracted back to normality. So the next male icon that I've chosen for today's podcast is Samo Farah, the four times Olympic champion who's currently battling in the dungeons with snakes and rats of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. As we know, Mo became a huge global star, but in this insight, he too speaks about the need to shift our gaze from our long-term aspirations to focus on today's priorities and executing the very next step. You just got to focus just day in, day out. You know, you can't be thinking too far ahead. People say to me, oh, are you looking forward to your next race? Yeah, I am looking forward to it, but I've got to take off take care of today and tomorrow and make sure my body can get through you've got to work hard and, and get that fitness and you know it's it's what people forget about it's not like a month training I did it's 
the whole year leading up to that. So everything I did adds up to that. Today's training, tomorrow's training. It's not just about how hard you do that day. It's everything you've done, as you said. It's a bank account. It's like the years, two years, year before that. You did all the training, you put in a bag, you put in a bag, you put in a bag, and that makes you stronger. I know I did what I had to do. I, w I went to training camp. I'll tick every boxes. So for me now, I'm going to go out there and give it a go. So we've all seen Mo doing the Mobot on the Olympic podium. We're taking a little bite out of that gold medal for the global paparazzi. But we're learning that those gold medal moments are earned through long periods of sacrifice and discipline on the foggy and frosty back roads. Every one of those training sessions gets deposited in that confidence bank account for Mo when he really needs it. So maybe tenacity is the new talent and those daily habits, good or bad, are going to define our reality. Not everyone can remain supremely motivated day in, day out, not even your very fallible host. But I'm lucky. I spend my days browsing this content and these tactics from over a hundred top class experts and absorbing their wisdom. I've been thrilled this week as we launched our members club to see people in New Zealand, Norway, Canada and Cape Town searching through the 70 different topics to find solutions to their own personal challenges wherever they are in the world and whatever their career. I can tell you that some of the top search themes from the library over the last 10 days have been inspiring leadership, burnout, which tells you quite a lot about where people are at at the moment this time in the year, sleep, leading change. And we had a great micro lesson last week from Eddie Jones talking about the need to have this growth mindset and keep breaking out of these mental limitations that we place on ourselves. So that created a great discussion around the community forum. I'd love you to take the next step. I know it's very easy to listen to this and adverts in a podcast, but I'd love you to come and see what we've created and to join this growing community of people who are passionate about learning and achieving their potential. We'll all be learning together. Myself and the team have spent the last six months preparing this brand new platform and learning experience for you. There's over 600 two-minute insights so that you can get to the heart of the issue straight away. We found these bite-sized videos allow you to compare and contrast the approach of an F1 leader or a military leader or somebody in the Royal Ballet. And every insight has a set of practical tactics that you can use straight away, whether you're a sports coach, an entrepreneur, a teacher or a senior executive. So it's these high performance habits that are going to transform your mindset, your behavior, your performance and your results. I'm also available to support you personally via the Ask Jeremy Q&A feature in the platform. And I've already had some really interesting confidential questions come through. So I promise I haven't been skiving. And the only way for you to believe me is to come across to sportingedge.com forward slash membership and come and see the amazing resource that awaits you. As a member of my podcast community, I'm going to give you a special offer of 50% off the first month. So it's an absolute no-brainer to come and have a look. Just visit Sporting Edge, follow the links to the Members Club and enter the code PODCAST50 with no spaces into the shopping cart. And that'll give you half price access to the first month. So there's your personal invitation to learn from the best. And now let's crack on with the rest of the episode. 
I think one of the hardest things about deconstructing this shiny, ethereal subject of high performance is that it unravels into a number of activities and processes that seem pretty mundane when you get down to that basic level. But that's where the magic lies. And here's another four times Olympic gold medalist, Sir Matthew Pinson, now explaining how he would define mental toughness. And I love his answer. It's very difficult to get that down into a, a manageable chunk. I think mental toughness takes, takes many, many forms. Um, the reality is that you would have to practice something on a daily basis in order to rely on it when it really mattered. It's no good turning up at the last minute and expecting something to be there that you haven't put in before. So even though you can't rehearse everything that's going to happen for that final race, you've done the segments, you've done little bits, you know, so getting out of bed at seven o'clock on a winter's morning when it's raining sideways and you know the river's going to be terrible, that's a little bit of what you're going to need on Olympic final day. You know, doing a PB on one particular exercise in the gym uh, three years before the Olympics that's a little bit about what you're going to need on final day. You know, how do you react to someone, another teammate, when they're really struggling and you have to say, come on, we can do this. That's a little bit of what you need on Olympic. And so you, you join up all those tiny little strands that you've practiced time and time again and put them all together into one effort. As I listen to that clip, I can picture the foggy morning, the constructive conflict in the team room and the athlete pushing himself into the red zone on that ergo rowing machine. Every individual episode plays a part in weaving something special. I also picture one of those massive battle ropes that you see people whipping into that rhythmic sine wave across the gym floor or the same massive rope that moors a super tanker in the docks. Hundreds of single fibres are twisted around each other to create a three to four to five inch rope that can't be ripped or torn. Its strength comes from every strand being woven tightly around each other to form one solid rope. And that's like us. We can sometimes feel like COVID-19 or our family or our clients are wearing us thin and shredding us into a threadbare string but we can rebuild ourselves one strand at a time. Actually, as I said that, I had this vision of this being a commercial podcast and this strand-by-strand hair commercial coming in. So if you see me in the new year with a massive black thatch on my head, then you'll know that that uh, transformational deal was done by this episode. But uh, I think those that know me will know that's not going to happen. So we can probably move through that advert break. So if we take Matthew Pinsent's analogy of this strand by strand strengthening to build a mentally tough core or rope, that's maybe how we should reflect on the year. Trying to do the right thing on incredibly challenging days. Trying to exercise, trying to eat healthily, trying to look after a work colleagues or a loved one and make some tough decisions along the way. Now, the rope may be covered in blood, sweat, dirt and tears at the moment, but our strength comes from those choices that we're making 
today, tomorrow and in the future. The very best performers do this and they judge themselves on those daily choices because they trust and they know that if they can get up, tackle their biggest priorities, stay focused, exercise, take calculated risks and keep building those relationships, then the results will take care of themselves. Now, just like you and I, they don't want to always eat healthily or they don't always want to exercise or they don't always want to get off their social media and tackle their biggest work challenge. But they know that they will find a way and that will make the best of a very tough day. So it's really important that we start to judge ourselves by those small habits, by those strands, because they will aggregate up into something special. And when they do, that's a cause for celebration. So that's a great reminder for me too. I was showing somebody from Elite Sport, a senior exec, uh, our members platform a few days ago. And he looked genuinely amazed across this virtual call, which actually shocked me. And it reminded me because I'd become so engrossed with the testing procedures and checking hyperlinks and, you know, looking to see how images show on a Samsung phone versus an iPhone for the last six weeks uh, over this testing cycle that I'd forgotten how far we'd come. And sometimes we need to look back and realize that we've just got to an incredible point in our careers or our lives or this project has really made a step up rather than just keep going around that hamster wheel without stopping to pause and celebrate and maybe raise a glass with our team. And that's one of the things I miss at the moment, getting together with my mates and having a few beers. Sport does this absolutely brilliantly. And I was so lucky to be part of teams that won seven or eight or nine trophies and it was the quarterfinals, the, the tenth semifinals and those finals at Lords that were some of the best days and nights, I might say, of my life. So that brings me to our final men's clip. And it comes from someone that I spent a lot of time with a few years ago, the legendary Shane Warne. And his message of what to do when we get through the tough times is pretty clear. Some of the special moments are celebrations of achieving something really good. All the hard work that you set up to do, all the sacrifices that you made to go into winning something, whether it be a huge contract, whether it winning a title, winning a match, whatever it is when you win, you have to celebrate it because that keeps driving and gives you a taste for how good it is. And you think back, I think when we all look back at something we've achieved in our career, it's not so much about what we actually did, it's about the celebrations, it's about the moments that we shared with your teammates. And I think that's, that's why you've got to celebrate them because otherwise, if you go back to the old things, winners, they have parties, losers have meetings. I'd much rather party than have a meeting. <laughs> so that naughty chuckle at the end of that clip says it all. Warney absolutely loves a party and some of the best moments I've had in cricket came with him in that 2008 IPL when we won the trophy with Rajasthan in the inaugural tournament. We were complete underdogs and no one expected us to win. But somehow we surprised everyone, including ourselves, and did it. Every night after those games, part of the IPL contract with the broadcaster and sponsors meant that we had to go to a fashion show in the hotel after the game. Well, you can imagine that we'd just pulled off a few surprise victories. And amidst the glitz and glamour of the Bollywood elite, You've got free drinks and a gaggle of Russian cheerleaders 
you know, all around. It was absolute carnage. And seeing Warney standing on the tabletop with a fag in his mouth, playing air guitar to some American rock anthem, was a true sight to behold. But he's right. We need to celebrate going through these tough times because we don't just want to go through meeting after meeting. We need a mental break and we need a pause to stop and to laugh and to dance and be silly because those are the key things that are going to help us to move forward beyond this challenging year of 2020. So I really hope as you're getting to the back end of this brutally challenging year that you're going to start to celebrate some of the successes you've had, some of the small wins, even if that just means keeping your business afloat or even if that means getting a project done that was incredibly tough. We still need to celebrate landing those strands because that's all part of our story and our mental toughness as we move forward. So that's the end of this episode. Before you get into the rest of your day, I'd love you to come over to sportingedge.com and use that special discount code of PODCAST50 in capital letters with no spaces to get half price access to our members club. If you love learning, you won't believe what awaits you and I look forward to welcoming you there. Thanks for allowing me to do a men's only episode. Ladies, make sure you look after the men in your life. They need your support as much as anyone at the moment. And to the lads, keep moving forward, keep talking. The worst thing you can do is isolate and get trapped in your own head. So as I've said, if I can help anyone listening, send me an email through to hello at sportingedge.com and I'm there. Until next time, make sure you take care and give care. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Mind of Champions. Connect with Jeremy's LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram links in today's show notes to receive the latest insights from his work. If you'd like to get access to Sporting Edge's digital library or book Jeremy for a conference speech or webinar, then please visit www.sportingedge.com or email hello at sportingedge.com. 